From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today we look at student debt and the growing number of students taking out loans to earn master's, doctoral, and professional degrees. We found that households with at least one advanced degree holder carried about half of the nation's $1.3 trillion of student loan debt in 2016. We welcome Stanford University researcher James Pine, co-author of a new study examining the growth and impacts of graduate student loan debt on varying student groups. African-American graduate students were 12 percentage points more likely to borrow for their education than white students, and on average borrowed about 54% more than white students if they borrowed anything. 54% more in debt. Pine joined CPRI Knowledge Hub Managing Editor Keith Hugh-Miller to discuss his findings and what they could mean for higher ed policy in the U.S. These differences in debt burdens are troubling because they're a product of social inequalities in past generations, and they're likely a sign of inequalities we'll see in future generations, even at these high and selective levels of attainment. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Umiller, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with James Pine, Quantitative Research Associate with the John W. Gardner Center for Youth and Their Communities at the Stanford Graduate School of Education. Thanks so much for joining us, James. No, thank you. Glad to be here. So today we're going to be discussing your new article that was co-authored with the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Eric Grodsky titled Inequality and Opportunity in a Perfect Storm of Graduate Student Debt, was recently published in Sociology of Education, and it takes a a new look at one of the most pressing educational issues currently facing American students, student loan debt. While a lot has been made of the roughly $1.5 trillion students currently owe on college loans, relatively few studies have examined the distribution and the long-run impacts of graduate school student loan debt. To start, could you maybe give us a little context? Are we seeing increasing levels of graduate student debt in the U.S.? And if so, why? We definitely are seeing increases in graduate student debt, Keith, uh, both in the aggregate and across the distribution of borrowers. We're also seeing a greater proportion of students entering into debt uh, to pay for graduate school. But the numbers on student loan debt are a little tricky to make sense of. So I'd like to take a few minutes to unpack those statements, if I can. First, uh, let's talk about aggregate level. Uh, So we're talking about the national student loan debt amount. The Fed's now estimating total aggregate student loan debt in this country is about uh, $1.6 trillion. And uh, without question, that's a staggering figure. What some point to is that every year there are more people enrolled in college and are taking longer to graduate if they do. And another story is that sticker price of higher education, so the uh, advertised tuition and fees, are going up rapidly and subsidies aren't really keeping pace while states are generally cutting funding for higher education. But another piece that we think goes overlooked a lot of the time is that a huge chunk of that $1.6 trillion figure is among those who are seeking or who have attained an advanced degree. So master's or doctoral or professional degree students 
professional degree being medical doctors and lawyers. People uh, pursuing these kinds of degrees account for 40% or more of that $1.6 trillion figure. And that means a big part of that figure is growth among students who graduate from college and then go on to pursue more lucrative graduate and professional degrees. That's aggregate debt. When we hear from student loan debt at the individual level, we typically hear statements like the average borrower owes $30,000 in student loan debt or something around that. In some of our other work and the work of a lot of other researchers, we're seeing that graduate school debt is contributing a lot to those average amounts that get reported. If you just look at student loans taken out for an undergraduate education, you see that at the median, the amount hasn't really changed as dramatically by comparison in the last two decades. You're getting quite a bit of growth in debt among the highest borrowers in undergrad, and then a lot of people, and more over time, moving on to graduate or professional school and taking out a lot of their loans there. What we've found across our different studies is that median debt in pursuit of a graduate or professional degree is a lot higher than median borrowing for an undergraduate degree. So, James, what was it that drove you to conduct this specific study? Were there concerns among higher ed experts about this, this kind of debt or specific questions that you were looking to answer? Yeah, what motivated us to do this study is what motivated a lot of higher education researchers to study debt in the last 10 years. And that's all this hype around the student debt crisis. In the opening years of this decade, there were alarm bells ringing all over uh, in the mainstream media and uh, among academics. So student debt was, uh, well, actually still is, characterized as the next bubble, the next financial crisis. So Eric Grodsky and I started somewhere at the front of this wave, looking at undergraduate debt patterns over time. And um, essentially, we were interested in critically interrogating the claim that student loan debt is out of control. Well, it turned out, probably to no one's surprise, a lot of researchers were asking the same questions. So we were following these questions in parallel with others who've done great work following the threat of student loan debt in undergrad. And one of the more notable examples is Beth Ackers and Matthew Chingos, who eventually published the awesomely titled Game of Loans in 2016. So with the question of undergraduate student loan debt being pretty thoroughly covered, we naturally moved to, okay, so where's all this debt coming from then? And that was really the start of this study. So following that thread into graduate and professional school. So in this study, you drew from three different nationally representative data sources. Could you give us a general overview of what you were looking at and how you tried to answer those questions that you had? So first, we looked at Servia Consumer Finances data from 1993 to 2016. We used that to look at household student loan debt across all education levels, not just people with graduate and professional degrees. So we compared SCF data on student loan debt two decades apart to be able to track the growth in debt across degree levels over time. Then we focused on graduate professional students using the National Post-Secondary Student Aid Study, which gives you a ton of detailed information about not just borrowing, but about other parts of students' personal and academic lives while they're in, in school. So that's telling us about graduate students who were currently enrolled at each wave of the NIPSAS. And what we're hoping to see from those data were overall patterns of debt over time 
and whether some students were shouldering the burden of that debt more than others. Then finally, what we wanted to know is, given all this debt people are leaving with when they graduate their program, is it worth the cost? And to answer that question, we use the National Survey of College Graduates, which gives us a lot of information on student loan debt, the types of degrees individuals earn, and incomes of those close to graduation and a number of years into their careers. So we'll jump into the results. Your paper includes a number of notable findings, which you divided among five categories. They include overall debt trends, borrowing by degree type, borrowing by student background, repayment and earnings, and your final category is what you call the advanced degree wage premium. Could you walk us through what you learned? Absolutely. And this is kind of a lot of information. Like We pack a lot into this paper, so bear with me and I'll be as brief as I can. So I'll just go right down the list. First, overall debt. We found that households with at least one advanced degree holder carried about half of the nation's $1.3 trillion of student loan debt in 2016. Focusing on just advanced degree holders, we found more graduate students are entering into debt over time and borrowing larger amounts when they do. So while about 43% of borrowers in 1996 didn't have any student loan debt through graduate school, only half as many, so around 23%, were debt-free in the 2016 cohort. Second, borrowing by degree type. Those aggregate and individual level increases that we see are being driven in no small part by the sheer volume of master's degree students enrolling in recent years. In fact, uh, master's degree students accounted for about 80% of the growth in advanced degree program enrollment in the last two decades. So that's like a million additional master's students in the system in 2016 compared to 20 years before. So while everyone's taking out more across the board, the number of master's degree seekers is compounding the debt that we're seeing that's building up as a result. So third, borrowing by student background. If all of that wasn't troubling enough, these individual level increases are happening disproportionately by race, socioeconomic background, and gender. The most notable case we point out in the paper is that African-American graduate students were 12 percentage points more likely to borrow for their education than white students, and on average borrowed about 54% more than white students if they borrowed anything. 54% more in debt. And that's after accounting for racial differences in parental education level, gender, degree program, and what kind of school they went to. Fourth, uh, repayment and earnings. So long story short, we argue in the paper that most graduates with advanced degrees, provided their earning and income, should be able to pay what they owe without severe problems. It probably isn't going to be fun, especially at first, but typically they should be able to get through it. But those in the highest deciles of debt and with median incomes or lower for their degree type are likely to have some real problems with repayment. And I encourage listeners to read that part of the paper for more details. And finally, the advanced degree wage premium. So we're wondering how much more are people with graduate and professional degrees making compared to otherwise similar bachelor's degree earners? And we take a pretty simple approach to answering this question. 
And what we found was that African-American advanced degree earners were getting a bigger bump from their advanced degree than similar white students. So the difference between average incomes for African-American bachelor's and master's degree holders was larger than the difference in incomes of white bachelor's and master's degree holders. So the same largely true for first-generation college students compared to continuing generation students, and in some cases for women compared to men. So these advanced degree wage premium findings complicate our story a little bit. So what do you think are the major takeaways here, particularly given the, the growing attention that we're seeing now paid to college costs, to student loan debt, and their impacts on degree attainment and social mobility? I think the main takeaway here is that while we're seeing some substantial opportunities at these high levels of education, they're coming with some steep and increasing costs. Debt can delay a lot of important life events, uh, marriage, homeownership, starting a family. It can even limit the capacity to support your children's educational aspirations, which are probably high if you're highly educated as a parent. So these differences in debt burdens by race and socioeconomic background are troubling because they're a product of social inequalities in past generations, and they're likely a sign of inequalities we'll see in future generations, even at these high and selective levels of attainment. And do you think there are opportunities here for future research, either for you or for others in, in the higher ed sphere? Yeah, that's a great question. We give a pretty general and expansive overview of what we see as the context of postgraduate education. So there are a lot of details for future studies to sort out for sure. I would like to see some research digging into aspects of this perfect storm idea we propose and in some places speculate on in the paper. The idea is that all these circumstances are coming together at once to exacerbate this grad debt issue. The one thing we couldn't answer and couldn't find a good answer to was whether and how universities are looking at costs for undergraduate students, where they're facing a ton of scrutiny from all directions, and shifting those costs over to graduate students. It also seems plausible that universities could be shifting those costs while also building their menu of master's programs to attract more students to enroll after college. And that's a move that seems much less controversial than jacking up tuition for undergrads, since advanced degrees are widely seen as private rather than a public good. So if anyone has done this work or is doing it, uh, you have two very interested readers already. Well, James, this is fantastic research, and I encourage all of our listeners to, to go read the full article. Again, it's titled Inequality and Opportunity in a Perfect Storm of Graduate Student Debt, and it's been published in Sociology of Education. James Pine, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Keith. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes of this podcast, or to subscribe to the series, visit us at researchminutes.org. To share thoughts on today's episode, or to suggest future topics, follow us on Twitter at CPRI Hub. That's C-P-R-E Hub.